Welcome to episode 28 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. I am Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net, and with me as always is Trevor Sheridan of App Advice. In this episode, Trevor and I take a dive into Apple's vault of cash while braving the streets of London and even the alphabet to solve some puzzles and mysteries. How are you doing tonight, Trevor? Doing good. That sounds like a fun time with mystery solving plus Apple's loads of cash. Yeah, it's always fun taking a swim in Apple's big vault of cash, like Scrooge McDuck. You just dive yes. in there. Exactly. I, Tim Cook must have a room like that. He's got it. Like, if you have that much cash, you have to have a room like that. And so we'll start right there with Apple's earnings report for their third quarter, which is the second calendar quarter. And everything was pretty much looking good. They came in at the high end of their expectations at $45.4 billion in revenue and $8.7 billion in profit. And if you compare that to the year-ago quarter, they made $42.4 billion in revenue and $7.8 billion in profit. So they're at 7% increase and a 15 point f- or 11.5% increase in the respective categories. Yeah, I mean, it's always good when you, uh, from a year ago, you've made an extra $3 billion over what you made the previous year in the same time frame. So, uh, yeah, they're doing well. And then in terms of unit sales, Apple sold 41 million iPhones, which is just slightly up over 40.4 million. And then they sold 4.2 million Macs, just up slightly from 4.25 million. But the big gain was actually the iPad, where in the year-ago quarter, they sold 9.95 million iPads. This quarter, they sold 11.42 million. And even if you go back to 2016 or 2015, they were only at 10.9 million. So this was the biggest iPad quarter comparing it for three years now. Right. This is finally they have a an increase in iPad sales. And it's all, I have to imagine it's all due to the finally changing the form factor because people don't perceive like little guts increases as like some big change that they needed to upgrade. But once you start actually changing the look of the device and people have that big noticeable difference that they can see, then people start to upgrade or buy new devices. And I think those new 10 and a half inch and the upgraded 12.9 inch, maybe to a lesser degree, finally fit the bill where people were willing to shell their money out on new iPads. And they got people on the low end with that low cost iPad that they released in March. True, true. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, we have that included in a large portion of those sales are included in this time frame as well. Yeah, so they hit you from the top and the bottom to finally have a gain in that iPad segment. It's been like two years just, oh, iPads are declining. You know, the iPhone keeps gaining, iPads declining here, iPads declining there. So it's nice that they're up 15% on the year-over-year gains, but even comparing it to last quarter, Directly, it's 28% from just the past three months versus these current three months. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how long this this uptick is going to happen, but it's it's nice to see it, at least for one quarter. We'll see what they do next time, but uh, it's it's definitely a promising turn for the iPad. And then the other highlight from the earnings report is the service segment. That's composed of the app store, the iTunes store, iCloud, Apple Music, Apple Pay, all that good stuff. It was up 22% in the comparative quarters, and it's an all-time quarterly record for the service sector within Apple. 
Yeah, I mean, this is where we're seeing them making the most gains previously. Now that the now the iPad did well this time, but this has been where they're starting to make a lot of their profit and a lot of the the gains in in the services department, not hardware, not devices. It's all kind of shifted towards that services. Yep, seven point three billions a lot. Just taking services by itself. <laughs> Tim Cook said yes. it's a Fortune one hundred company. Yeah. And so Apple's doing well, and that allows them to keep making devices. It lets developers keep making apps for all those devices, and it gives us plenty to talk about once we get to the app section of the program. And there's not the most new apps. We've talked about that in the past, so it gives us more time to talk about games. And the first one is Limelight, which is a brand new release this week, and it's an interesting kind of adventure experience where it has the puzzle elements and you can draw this little beam of light across these various lines. And you'll come to segments where you need to figure out the proper order of switching different segments of the lines so you can find the path forward. Other sequences will have these little red line enemies that you kind of have to outmaneuver and figure out the path forward. Either way, you have that whole path logic set up in this minimalistic design where you simply have this bright color line sequence and you need to make it through the various paths that you're given. Yeah, I like how it combines that puzzly aspect with also you have to have the agility and reflexes to make it through some of these levels. So you first of all have to figure out how the things are currently moving. There's some levels where they're the little piece will only move while you're moving or you have to tap and hold the screen or double tap and hold the screen and then it'll move in its little path whatever path it normally goes in and then when it hits the end of its path it'll come back in the other direction but you have to kind of watch what's going on in the screen and figure out how you have to time your movements either to maybe just avoid hitting those things or to get in line with them so that you can trigger a whole bunch of gates at the same time, or maybe they'll trigger a gate that allows you to move on your line in a separate direction. And there's all this stuff you have to figure out that's not just straightforward, just go as fast as you can along these lines. You really have to, I love that whole puzzly aspect of the game. Yeah. And then they just all flow together. It's not like, oh, here I completed level five and now I'm on to level six. It's just one fluid experience where you figure out this sequence and then you're on to the next. And if you do ever make a mistake or the red enemy gets you, you retry right within the sequence that you're in. So it's a constant flowing experience so you can focus on the puzzle at hand, figure it out, and then right on to the next one so you really can get lost in kind of the progression through the game. Right, and that aspect of the game is another one that I really like because they could have easily gone and put in ads or something and made this like a free to play and you and you have to watch ads to continue and keep on trying where it just feels so nice to when you die you can immediately retry you're not sitting there for a 30 second ad you're not sitting there for some other or having to buy some kind of currency to get retries it's all just a one solid game that you can just go through at your own pace and never have to worry about watching things or having things delay or slow down your progress in the game. Yeah, they've really done just an excellent job of a quick kind of puzzle experience, but made as accessible as possible that doesn't distract from it being still challenging at the same time. And really, it's tough to find any kind of drawbacks or negatives to the game. 
Right, yeah. They even thought of the fact that you can turn your device whatever direction you feel most comfortable attempting to level at and face it from that direction. So if you prefer portrait mode, you can use portrait mode. If you want to flip it over to landscape, use landscape. So it's so much freedom to solve these things or however you can best get the movement to happen, you can do it. And that is Limelight. It's $1.99 and it's universal. And then we missed the show last week due to Comic-Con, which was its own kind of thing. So we are merging some games from last week with some new releases this week to have a full show. And that means we're on to the big release from last week, which is going to be the new Layden Mystery Adventure. And so Professor Layden has essentially retired, and it's a brand new storyline with, I don't know the connection. It's his daughter. It is his daughter? It's his daughter. Yes. Okay. I didn't want to make that assumption. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Layton's mystery journey does have his daughter, and there's a similar idea where it's a puzzle adventure game where you have various different mysteries to solve. You're going to pick up clues, interrogate, or just inquire with different people in the surroundings, and then you'll encounter these puzzles. And they're completely standalone puzzles, just kind of like logic puzzle ideas that you need to solve to kind of proceed and figure out the different clues and characters and how everything interacts to solve a given case and then move on to the next one. Yeah, I really like the the whole layout of this game. And for once, the uh, Layton game came to mobile first. It's actually released out on mobile, and later, I believe it's not until October, it's coming out on, like, Nintendo handheld devices, where normally we get a port. And so it was kind of surprising that this released first on iOS, but... Yeah, I really like how they have this whole story and you're following the the daughter. She's opened up her own little detective agency and you have and one of her first clients that shows up is this talking dog. And then you start going on this adventure with her, the talking dog, this assistant of hers who's in love with her. And then the a, a constable from Scotland Yard or some some sort of police uh, outfit and he brings you cases, murders and things. And so you're searching around for these clues, but then you solve those logic puzzles in order to progress the, the story forward and get main clues to the main mystery that you're trying to solve. But the nice thing they've done is with those logic puzzles, they put in a way where you can take notes on the puzzle. So like there'll be some where you're trying to figure out which of these two buttons do I have to press on these pipes in order for the water to flow down to all of the exits on the pipes. And the pipes are all kind of twisted amongst each other. So you kind of have to trace your way through the pipes. Well, you can switch over to this little notebook mode and start drawing little lines on the pipes to be able to figure out exactly which ones would do it. And then you go and solve it. And the if you can solve it right away in your first try, you get more points. Otherwise, you can use hints and they give you these hint coins you can use or you can get it wrong. And then the amount of points you're going to earn for each one of these little puzzles you're trying to solve ends up reducing, but it's just a really deluxe setup. And I love how it blends this whole story together along with the puzzles. It does take kind of a while to get into where she's still introducing your way through the menus and stuff. But once you have about four or five of the case clues of the first case from there on, the puzzles seem to come quicker. The story kind of progresses at a more just pace to get you kind of from puzzle to puzzle because puzzles are definitely the highlight of the game. But the whole storyline is 
super detailed. There's a mix of just text-based as well as voice acting, depending on kind of what sequence of the case you you get to. And there's just so much detail involved in the game. I mean, it's a premium price at fifteen ninety nine. That's pretty much unheard of on the App Store. But <laughs> when this game does come to the other platforms, like when it's going to come to 3DS and stuff, it's probably going to be around 30 bucks. So launching on iOS first and then at this price is a pretty good deal, especially with the number of cases included and just how much goes into each individual case as you range from solving those puzzles to interacting with the scene and the different characters. Yeah, I will say that the the text-based portion, so the, like you said, there are portions where uh, it's all voice acted and almost feels like you're watching like an animated film and, during those sequences. But then there is a lot of text that you go through. It's really well-written dialogue and it's humorous and... Uh, but there is a lot of dialogue you're going to be tapping through and going through to play out some of these scenes. But the nice thing is if you do kind of leave the game and you come back in, it's almost like watching a show where they give you the previously on whatever show you're watching. And they give you like a little animated rundown of what you saw in the last little bits of where you were to kind of put your head back in the game and figure out where you left off, which I thought was just a neat little touch to the game and really showed the polish of the game that they even thought to do something like that. But yeah, it's definitely a premium price, but you can see the time and effort went into this. And the fact that, you know, it's coming to other handhelds where it's going to cost more likely for the identical game it definitely seems like a bargain on iOS. It it really does. I mean, there's nothing... If you have played any laden games in the past, you're going to feel fully at home in this game, even though it's a brand new character and a brand new storyline. It has that same appeal and that same kind of design idea, but the new character allows them to kind of go in different directions with the storyline and have more of that humorous flourishes from a new perspective. And... Really, it's a game to kind of just appreciate, sit back, and fully enjoy. You know, not have other distractions. It's not those games where you're going to play kind of passively. You're kind of fully invested in each case, especially when you get to those puzzles. Because some of them, even early on, you might need those hints. There's some real head-scratchers included. Yes, <laughs> definitely. And so that's Layden's Mystery Journey. It's going to be fifteen ninety nine, and it's universal. And then there's a new game that has the Franz Kafka name. And if you're unfamiliar with him, he was um, essentially turn-of-the-century literary, well-known literary artist. And so the Franz Kafka video game ties into his stories and kind of the themes and motives that he normally had. And so the actual game is a puzzle adventure experience where the puzzles really revolve around not necessarily dream sequences, more like what's there in your subconscious. And so they can do some relatively crazy stuff in the puzzle setups, but the puzzles are relatively traditional. It's more the art design and just the items that are included within each one to make the game stand out and be different than a lot of puzzle adventure games. Right. Yeah, this is actually a game that I saw got a glimpse of in like a closed door meeting at PAX a couple of years ago. And originally I thought a different publisher was going to put it out. But this actually comes from Datalik, which has done a number of really like ornate, nice uh, point and click adventure games. 
And so it's a perfect fit with them. But yeah, it's all set in this surreal world where it just kind of is super bizarre as you're going through it. You're basically following this character who's only named is just named Kay. And he's been told that he uh, has an, a job in America waiting for him in America. He's in Prague, I believe, which is where Kafka was. And then so then he starts going to try to go to America to figure this out. And you just go on this really crazy journey. And if you want to talk about difficult puzzles, this one, the puzzles are even more that require so much outside of the box thinking on some of them that you almost have to use the hints that they provide. And they, the way they do the hints in this game is if you spend enough time just trying the puzzle, you can go to the hints and they unlock after a period of time. Uh, so like the the first one I think unlocked after two or four minutes and the next one unlocks after another two or four minutes, something like that. And then it gives a little hints to help you solve it. But overall, I mean, the game is relatively short, but some of these puzzles will take you a while if you don't use the hints to even figure out that weird little twist you have to do in order to solve it. Yeah, even the first one you're presented with, you have to move the objects in the scene to create a silhouette of the target object. And that's not even obvious that that's what you have to do. So it takes a while just to figure out the objective. And then once you do that, you have to actually perform the actions to figure out how it all pieces together. And there's quite a bit of variety from puzzle to puzzle, so it's not kind of the same form. And then, like you said, it all has that really weird setting, and it continues that overarching storyline even though it's really well done how the puzzles still contribute to the storyline. Like in Layden, the puzzles are an aside. They're their own kind of standalone experience. In this game, the puzzles tie directly into the progression of the storyline. Right, exactly. Yeah, with Layton, they're just logic puzzles. They have nothing really to do with the story itself. You just go out, you find a puzzle, and then you do it. This one, it definitely is part of the narrative. It drives the story forward, and it makes perfect sense in this strange world that you're in. And it, I think that's what what I enjoyed about the game is that it feels like a cohesive story from start to finish, no matter how bizarre it is. It's a, definitely a story you want to progress through. You want to see what's going to happen to this guy. Weird things happen. Then you're like, I don't know where they're going with this. And then you continue watching. And then finally, there's a nice little ending to the story. And uh, so it definitely is one that you want to play through. Once you start, it's tough to stop because you just want to progress and see what's going to happen next. Yep, they've done a really good job. So that's the Franz Kafka video game. It's two ninety nine. It's Universal. And then there's Side Words. It comes from Matt Ricks and Owen Goss. They've made a few different games, either collaboratively as well as individually. And this is a new word game in which you have to use the letters that are at the top of the columns as well as the side roads. And you have to combine the columns and the rows and the form words out of those letters. And then you need to fill every cross-section grid they have. So the each letter combined makes a grid, and you need to make sure your words fill the grid, and there can't be any overlaps. So if you have an R on the top and then an O and W down here, and you spell out row, that's going to fill out that cross-section. But if you use that R again, you can't use it with the O or the W again, because then you're going to have an overlapping shape to fill in the grid. So you have to constantly balance that out and be sure to use the different letters in the rows and columns to 
fill everything in. Right. And there's no timer. You get to decide the words you want to fill things in with. So it's not like there's a set one way to solve these puzzles. You There's many, many ways to solve them. So you and I might do the same exact puzzle and we have completely different answers. Both are valid, but because of the way we decide to use these intersections of the letters and build up these boxes within the grid with the, the words we discovered, then we might have totally different answers, which... That's what I really like about it, because I don't want to have to think of the exact same words that the developer of the game thought of, because we might be on completely different wavelengths, and I could sit there forever just trying to come up with the exact same words they came up with. And there's and the fact that there's no timer lets me take my time, lets me figure it out and decide how I want to solve the puzzles, which that's really fre refreshing, because... Word games and timers for me just don't work. I can't work under that kind of pressure. I Other games with timers, I'm fine. But for some reason, word games, I just have trouble figuring things out. I just My mind just goes blank and I can't find anything. The unique answer approach is probably the best aspect of side words. So like you said, we can both solve it in completely different ways, as well as different way than the developer intended. And that allows so many potential answers. You can share your answers to compare specific puzzles and the different solutions that you came to. Because one person might be really good at figuring out three and four letter words and have these little tiny blocks. Another person might come up with a really long word to fill in most of the grid. And so you have that constant balance within each level that you go. And then as you're going to proceed, there's more and more letters for each row and column to expand out in a bigger grid to have potential overlap and things you need to figure out. And it's just great to have a new word game because there's a lot of similar versions of word games. So when a new one comes along, it's going to easily stand out because it's not another Words with Friends Scrabble clone or it's not <laughs> another Hangman style game. It's something different. It makes you think in all new ways while still having that core structure of figuring out words. Right. Yeah. This is not only a word game, but also like a spatial reasoning type game where I love this mashup where you bring in like something completely new and combine it with a word game to make it feel fresh and different. And and they've done a great job of doing that. And so that's side words. I believe it's currently on sale for 99 cents or no, it's back up to 299 right now. Oh, so it's back up to 299. Oh, OK. The price is fluctuating. Keep that in mind. <laughs> And then there's Galaxy of Pen and Paper, which is another new release this week. And it's a follow-up to Knights of Pen and Paper, and it really takes that idea and it puts it out with a space context. And so if you're unfamiliar with the series, it's the role-playing simulation idea to kind of mimic having a game master who's written out the whole story, and then you get to interact with that story. And so rather than just having you know the game master dictate and narrate everything... The scene comes to life because you have the whole digital landscape, but the same kind of ideas are in at play. So you'll have choice-based sequences of text, and then that will transition into turn-based strategy. But it's all set up with that just really neat idea where you have that meta system of you're playing a game in the context of another game with that familiar setting, but still taken up and developed in a different way because you have the whole digital landscape to create the world that you're going to inter interact with. 
Now, did you play the, either of the first two in the series? I think I only very briefly played the second one. I was curious how different this is or if it's just more of a now we've said it in space kind of thing. I think I only played the introduction of the first one. It's um, GDC in the past, so I'm not okay. that familiar okay. with the game. But yeah. judging just based on the existing reviews and how much I've played into this game... It's a similar idea. They've built upon it with the space theme to have kind of more deluxe interactions because you're going to have spaceship battles and travel to different planets, so you have more characters to potentially interact with. But the core structure, I think, is in place and the same. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I'm kind of curious about this one. I, I haven't had a chance to check it out. And that's Galaxy of Pen and Paper. It's four ninety nine. It's Universal, and I think that's everything for Episode 28. Yeah, that's all I got. Brett, thanks again for joining me. Oh, yeah, it's a pleasure as always. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.